Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today is here. It is Halloween night. NFL is back. We've got plenty to get to. Let's get started. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss to White. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia here with you on a Thursday, a Halloween night, which means I'll be missing some of college and pro football tonight out with the kids doing some trick-or-treating. You can follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio, at Joe Pizapia 17 at Craig Mish. Make sure that you download our show and subscribe if you wouldn't mind. And uh, tell us what you think of the show. Let us know on social media or uh, in any of the comments. Send us an email. Let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how we cover sports. No question about it. Uh, okay, so Halloween night is tonight, and that'll be a fun scene for uh, the game in Appalachian State, the game in uh, Texas and Baylor tonight, and then, of course, the 49ers take on the Arizona Cardinals. But uh, we're doing a little spooky segment here, Joe, a little theme spooky segment. Ooh. And in honor of that, you'd like to uh, kind of dive into some injuries that you've seen <laughs> that were scary. Yeah, well, we got to correlate it somehow. You know, I got to correlate it somehow. It's Halloween. We have to do a Halloween gimmick segment. So why not do some of the most gruesome injuries we've ever seen in sports? Right. I mean, that sounds like fun. By the way, do you ever find out what your daughter is for Halloween or no? Yes, she is. um, Well, you're stalling. Well, no, no, no. I know what it is. It's the movie, uh, the parent trap twins her and a friend of hers are going oh, oh yeah. okay well that's that's fun they're campers hold on is it paper here no it's not <laughs> camp. They, they made these Some... t-shirts where they have the camp whatever on that yeah i see so they've switched so that's what it is yes that's what they are so I'm, I, right. I did find that out uh okay, that, I, that's my a wife tough was one. working that's... on this well into the night last night with, yeah how uh, the french fry thing goes at all uh that's not put together yet no we're still waiting on that yeah. oh so, man still, still sitting on the floor in the, in the, in the living room <laughs> Somebody waiting for me and I'm waiting for her. Wow, that's great. You got to love we're, those moments in marriage. We're, we're in a not a we're in a Jewish standoff. Not a Mexican standoff. <laughs> what we're in right now. Two Jews uh, fighting. Over I'm going to walk away from that 100 percent. I'll you, take a uh, picture and I'll send that. that to you. That's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, please do. All right. So I, these are some that just popped off in, in the top of my head. I'm sure you've got some too. Uh, Major League Baseball. Jason Kendall. I'll never forget him running to first and then uh, hitting the first base bag and leaving his ankle there. That was one of the grossest things. And I remember watching that game when it happened. And it was just, I was just completely just grossed out. And they kept showing it over and over. That was back in the day when they showed you the injury 5,000 yeah, times. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You remember that one? And then Moises Alou's ankle, too, which dislocated. That I don't remember for some reason. Oh, at second base, playing for the Expos. Uh, and it was going in the other direction. Uh, this is another one, too. Uh, when you see these things happen, sometimes they stick in your mind. You will never forget it. Uh, this, these were awful. I remember there was that run of pitchers there. 
All yeah, those Dave, I remember. Yeah. Dave Dravecki when he broke his arm and then the second time when he came back and did it. And then you had Tom Browning, the same thing. And Dravecki ended up losing his arm, remember, because that cancer in it. And uh, then Tony Saunders, remember, he had that same thing where he broke the arm pitching, came back, was the comeback story and then did it again. Yeah. And that was Rays. down in Florida. That was down for yeah, the Rays, right? Yeah. he I, Saunders was actually a Marlin for a short period of time. But yeah, it was with the Rays that that uh, that ended up happening uh, in baseball. The worst that I had ever seen. And I remember because I was in Sarasota at the time that it happened. You could, if you go back, maybe you don't remember it, but it was a spring training injury, but it was Robin Ventura sliding in the home plate. And oh, no. Yeah. And that was the one that the that was the one baseball injury that I remember more than ever, because it was, you know, it was a sleepy spring training game with not a great medical situation going on. And they were like, he was sitting at home plate and the ankle was all jacked up. Nobody knew what to do. Um, you know, so that definitely was it. That was the baseball one that I remember. But yeah, those you, were pit- at, you were at that game, you said. No, I was working oh, okay. at a TV station that night. And I remember the whole thing playing out and and, and having different like angles of video on it going, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, I just I, that was, I just was at in the my game mind. when Nick Johnson got Nick knocked out. You remember when Nick Johnson it was actually at Shea Stadium before Shea Stadium was gone when he was on Nick Johnson was going out. Nationals. Or yeah. Expos? yeah, he was on the Nationals. Yeah, he was on the Nationals. He was running out to right field from first base to try to catch a ball. And he, the guy from, I think it was a second baseman of the outfielder, he hit him with his knee and just knocked him out cold. And I remember he was out for the longest time and they were like, there was the ballpark was just hush and it was kind of crazy. Yeah. It was one of those very strange play. When you're at a game like that and you see a guy who's just laid out and not moving, it's a very, very strange, eerie thing. Luckily, he, you know, he was okay enough afterwards, but there was a guy too, ton of injuries, ton of. What is it about first baseman coming up in the Yankees organization like him and Bird and all these guys? They just it's like they're cursed lately since Don Mattingly. I don't it know what's like going it. Could on. Be, could be the case. Yeah. You know what kind of crazy. All right. Then boxing, you know, boxing is a lot of injuries because people get knocked out. Yeah, things, yeah, but yeah. The Tyson ear biting thing always weirded me out. Like, what are you doing? Like, that was just the weirdest thing. I remember ever, watching I that live, too. Yeah, yeah, me, too. Uh, my yeah. grandpa was a boxer, so we used to watch a ton of boxing. And I mean, every big fight, we're talking like middleweights, we're talking heavyweights and I remember watching that just at the time. Do you remember how incredulous the announcer were? They like nobody could kind of wrap their mind around what was going on. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, together, they, but, they didn't believe it was happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and the weirdest part too is they wear mouthpieces. So like at some point, Tyson's mouthpiece had to come out for him to do that, right? Yeah. It, it, what's really more amazing is that with all that craziness, how how sane Mike Tyson is now. Like how like he's turned his entire life around and doing the. The Broadway show and everything. I, I mean, saw he's that, by the way. Wacky. He's probably still wacky, but either way, like he's really. Did you ever see that show, by the way? No, I didn't. No. They had it on Showtime or something like that. I, I do it. recall. Yeah, no, I didn't. It see was it. excellent. And he yeah, was I excellent in it. Yeah. It was entertaining. It was well done. He was outstanding. And that is not an easy thing to do. I mean, him going out there, especially remembering the things he's got to remember, considering how many times he's been punched. Oh, in the head. yeah, for sure. Uh, on the NFL side, obviously, the thigh has been broken leg. That yeah, that's horrendous. The one. Whenever yeah. Lawrence Taylor's freaking out about an injury that he made, you know, it's a bad situation. Um, I remember Daryl Stingley, Dennis Bird and Johnny Knox, those guys who got knocked out and had, you know, terrible injuries where mm-hmm. they were not able to walk. The Johnny Knox one I had forgotten about and I was researching. I was like, oh, remember him? He was the wide receiver for the Bears. And yeah, he was he, did he play out. on the Tennessee football? I want to say you're right. Yes, I believe so. Um, you had Ronnie Lott taking his own pinky off so he could keep playing because of the the frostbite and the pinky. And he's like, nah, screw it. Just take the finger. I don't need it anymore. And in retrospect, he actually has said that it was a really stupid thing. Like he's yes, like, he did. Yeah. not a man thing. He's like, I was an idiot <laughs> basically. And then this one I had never heard of, but again, in the gruesome research I did for this program, the blood, sweat and tears I try to put in here every day, or at least four days a week. 
Rashad Johnson, uh, severed finger in his glove trying to make a tackle. Have you ever heard of this one? No. This happened a few years ago, not that long ago. He played for the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, and he w- went to go make a tackle. And I guess, you know, maybe it was a face mask or something got caught and the finger pulled and severed. And he took his glove off and the finger was still in the glove. Yeah. Wow. That's gross. Terrible. Yeah. The, well, there the, you have the it. Worst, the worst that I had seen, but it wasn't an injury during a football game was when Jason Pierre Paul blew his hand off at the um at the on the July 4th and that uh-huh. video came out and the pictures of what his hand looked like that was the scariest I, thing that I've ever I seen. was on air live at where we used to work doing the show when that happened when that news broke and I was like I had to be so careful I was like I was like that was really the worst this, looking thing that I had ever it, seen it was, it was the worst looking thing and on top of that I was trying to say, is this a prank? Like, this can't be real, right? Because <laughs> like, you don't want to say something like that on the radio, on national radio, and then get you know hammered for it. Like, how could you report that? But you kind of felt like you had to, and sure enough, it was real. And he's back, by the way. Look at him back again from another injury. This yeah, time. I mean, he's not the same, but of course, yeah. I mean, it's good to see him back playing because that was just, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember, and then there was all kinds of – uh, controversy that they were releasing pictures and information and did he did they break some HIPAA laws about uh, medical information going out and Andy Slater who uh, who I'm friends with here in South Florida who does a radio show was able to acquire all that and me seeing some of that stuff was was just it blew me away so yeah that's definitely uh, definitely up there as far as things that I've seen and you may be asking why are we talking about this if you just joined us live and you listen to the show well it's because it's Halloween and so we're, uh, we're we're diving into discussion happy Halloween gruesome injuries There you have it. Coming up next, we will be right back and dive back into a little bit more baseball. The 2020 Power Rankings. We'll hit that next and talk about some more World Series stuff. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We're here till 2 o'clock and then full-time fantasy takes over. So you want to stay tuned for that. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on FNTSY and SportsGrid. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. The baseball season may be over, but Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish still spending some time hitting on the potential 2020 World Series winners. And it seems too often that the World Series winner is never the favorite. I'm sorry, the World Series uh, runner-up is never the favorite to win the following year. And in this case, it is. The Houston Astros are favored to win the World Series next year, Joe. And by the way, the Washington Nationals aren't even in the top three. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see how things play out in terms of free agency, and that's going to be a big part of it. But as far as going into next year is concerned, I think the big disappointment was L.A. not getting as far as some people thought that they would. But, you know, they'll be right back at, at it next year. But for Houston, for me, Joe, to, I mean, they won 107 games last year. For them to win another 100, they're going to have to replace Garrett Cole. I mean, it's great to have Granky and Verlander, no doubt, but they're going to have to have 
some semblance of a starting pitching staff after that. Charlie Morton, no longer there. Colin McHugh right. didn't work out. Dallas Keuchel left the team last year. That could be a very significant loss, and I don't think he'll be back. No, hey, look, they do have some guys in the pipeline there in Houston that they are very high on. So we'll see if some of those guys can step up. But that's asking a lot of the Josh Jameses of the world and and those dudes to kind of take a step forward there. And uh, when you also think about, you know, the Nationals, you mentioned not kind of being in that conversation. There's a lot to unpack there. You can say in a lot of ways that Harper moving on, you know, that allowed them to sign Corbin and that was a big deal. And that really helped them win this World Series. But also the Nationals have a guy in Max Scherzer who's got 1,500 innings over his last seven seasons. And he's going to be 35. And he did not look good in this World Series. He did not look Scherzer-like. Let's put it that way. He battled last night. I give him a ton of credit. But even watching pitch, he's given up a lot, a lot of balls high in the zone, a lot of location issues. Not very Scherzer-esque. You could see him, you know, kind of being frustrated with himself and being able to do what he's normally able to do. Ryan Zimmerman has an $18 million club option uh, and a $2 million buyout. In your opinion, will they pick that up? Or is that money you put, you know, you say goodbye, Ryan Zimmerman. It's been fun. You've I been think a great it's over. National. Yeah, I do. I right, because don't over. you need that money to make a run at Rendon or Strasburg here? I think, well, I mean, look, probably, probably so. Um, you never know, though, now that Washington is in this situation, the ownership is is could step in in these spots. If they hadn't won the World Series, it would be a foregone conclusion. But since Ryan Zimmerman is Mr. National, I don't know how they'll handle that. And sometimes that element changes when you're coming off a World Series. They like to bring back some of the guys to defend that. So I don't know if it's a matter of using that money to get those other guys, but they will create an interesting situation for with him for sure. Well, I mean, maybe it's a situation where they de- decline the club option and then they say, hey, look, here's a here's a two year deal or, you know, you, you come back, you, you get your ring on opening day. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing. And and if, if I'm him I and mean, you played your whole career there. You won the World Series. Ryan Zimmerman's had so many injuries. He's had so much time missed. I mean, don't you? I know you want the money, and I, I get that, but I don't know. It's it's a little frustrating spot there. You know, do you want to uproot your family? Do you want to uproot your whole life? You've been there all this time. It's kind of wacky. I know ESPN, they have their rankings right now for 2020, and they have the Dodgers up at one. And they have the Astros at two, the Yankees at three, and then the Atlanta Braves at four. I can't argue with that top four. Can you? Uh, I, I think Atlanta's got to be... Um... I mean, those are the four teams, right? I got to see what Atlanta does. I'm very curious about them. I I think that they, to me, fell a little short of expectations, and they're 10 to 1 to win the World Series next year. That may be the team that I dive in on. Uh, You know, look, you cannot have Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, if they bring back Donaldson. I mean, that's a big if, too. But they're just loaded with offensive talent and loaded with pitching talent in the minors. And some people felt like they came along strong last year a little bit too early. But then this year they fell a little bit short. I could see them being a major uh, force next year. I, th- I would keep an eye on the Braves. That's the only way that the I think the Astros can really you know do what they did and be as dominant this year and next, this coming year I should say as they were last year is they need at least two of the three of these guys between your Queedy or two of the four probably Lance McCullers is coming back from Tommy John, which you never know how that's going to be. Jose Urquidy, Josh James, Forrest Whitley. You need I think two of those four guys to hit and be good. And if they, that is the case, then I think the rotation with the top will be okay. But that, would you agree with that sentiment, or am I being? Or maybe like they'll find a veteran. That's certainly possible. There's a lot of guys that are out there that are filler types, like a well, four. Like four. Well, Wheeler's types. an intriguing one too, because Wheeler's a guy. Maybe you get a hold of him and do what you did to Garrett Cole. You know, it's not impossible. Yeah, and, and would come at a at a much cheaper cost. And 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 for Josh James, I I think that we may have established at this point that he's a bullpen guy. Uh, unfortunately for him, I don't know that he's more than a five inning guy ever. 
So I think he may that be might not there. be a bad thing for them as a no, team. And, and Whitley, I like a lot, but Whitley, who finally came on at the end of the season, if you want to talk about Halloween and talk about scary, take a look at what Whitley did in April and May. His ERA was like 15. So I still yeah. think he needs more time, unfortunately, issues. in the minors. And the two kids who they drafted two years ago in uh, J.B. Bukowskis from North Carolina and Corbin Martin from Texas, they traded both of those kids. Yep in the Granky trade. So yes, they're kind of light in, in pitching. It's, it may have to be a veteran of some kind, but look, they went into the season, assuming that Colin McHugh would go back to the transition because Colin McHugh was arguably a top five major league baseball reliever in 2018. His stats Absolutely. were incredible. They were unbelievable. And, 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 and he looked good in the spring too. And it just did not translate to now. Nope. And, and Colin's a free agent too. So, and I took, and, and I took a lot of shots on him because I didn't I care. Did too. I, had him in I was like, I, well, cause, cause you and I, you know, I'm not a big Roto fan. I know you play more Roto than I do. I'm, I'm more of a head to head points guy, but um, I, I looked at it as like, Hey, you know, I don't care if he starts. I don't care. I don't care what he does. Just give me the quality of innings that he was giving you in 2018 and 2019. I'm happy, but it did not happen. The Rays are fifth in this list, and the Red Sox are sixth. Do you take any umbrage with either of those two rankings here, considering the sale injury, considering the questionable J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts situation, or the Rays just being able to be as good as they were last year, this year? I wish I could bet the Red Sox under their win total right now. I really do. I think that hiring Heim Bloom to be the general manager tells more of the story. I think that what Boston would like to do is create an environment like Tampa Bay and do things a little cheaper, but try to do them in the same way and not go over the tax. I don't know. Something smells a little fishy with what Boston's trying to do here. It may, I, I, you can't rebuild as a Red Sox. You can't do that. It's not allowed. You can't rebuild in the Giants. You can't rebuild in the Cardinals. There's some franchise you can't do it. Well, you did it with the Yankees. I mean, I mean, Cashman basically but they did still it. won 80 games like they still won. Right. You know, th- this is not a uh, 60 win team. No, I, I agree with that. Win. Right. You can't do You have to be competitive. But right. but you know, the Red, what? The Red Sox have won so many championships in the last 20 years. I mean, you can't do it to the fans there. It's not acceptable. You cannot tank in that market. It's not acceptable. So uh, my guess is if I had to predict that it, it, right now, their season win total, we won't know because they can make a lot of deals. The winter meetings that could change. But my guess is if they won 84 games last year, that's about where their win total is going to be going into next year. And I would bet under that. Yeah. I, think under that. I think they win somewhere in the 70s and have a disappointing season. And I think it's acceptable for them, but not a complete teardown that I will. I that, think it's acceptable I, I, considering if you're looking at trying, you know, now you've raised the bar where you're measured in championships. And when you're measured in championships, it's a very different bar. And I think as a fan base, too. You have to kind of understand that you've won a lot that that sometimes you have to retool and, and you know, do some things over the Oakland A's are ranked seventh here on this uh, early power rankings. They had 97 wins last year. Yeah, feels right. And and look, if Sean Manaya comes back and has a full season, if Frankie Montas comes back from the suspension, if Lazardo and uh, Puck it feels right. The pitch. Good hitting. They could sign guys. Kids in the minors too coming. Feels this is right. a very volatile one, though, because of the young pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could go the other way. You know, this that could easily bottom out. Like, I feel like the A's are the teams that are going to be in the playoffs or they're going to be in last place. Like, I don't feel like there's an in-between. I think <laughs> it's, like kind of it's kind of every year for them. It it's is. Terrible the fun year. of being an A's fan, I guess. The Nationals are ranked eighth. We already kind of touched on them. Yeah, the stupid Mets. My stupid, stupid managerless Mets. No, no head coach, no manager, whatever it is. Um, they have 22 to one odds right now. They're ninth in this power ranking. Do you buy this at all or what? Uh, it's, it could be right. They, they, I mean, they blew like, so many games in the bullpen. Last yeah, I, I feel like they'll they'll be better next year. I do. And, and by the way, they certainly could already have their manager. You're not allowed to name the manager during the World Series. 
Um, you have to do it either on the off day or now. Like they could do it today if they had it, but you can't do it on a day. Uh, unless it's Tim Bogar, in which case they, they're not going to do it today. <laughs> That's right. Tim Bogar's name's been thrown out there. Yeah, I don't have a read on the Mets uh, situation. I have a read on some of the other ones, but I. You know I, who else doesn't have a read on the situation? The Mets. The Mets? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Number 10, the St. Louis Cardinals. They are 20 to 1. Uh, you were hot on them uh, well, this past season. So are you hot on them again this year? Maybe full season with Goldschmidt, who's not pressing I'm, it all. I don't have to make the choice on them until I see what they do in the offseason. That's always the way I feel about them. 20 to 1. Then you got they're, Minnesota. They're, the Cardinals yeah. are unable to ever sign a high price free agent. They have to sign, they have to trade for the guy and then sign him. And so that's always the difficulty with them. Yeah. Who, who, without looking, who's the worst team in baseball? Go. Um, at the bottom of the of the list, I'm not on the page. So at the bottom That's of the list, I'm, I would yeah. say it would be Baltimore or Detroit. Maybe Detroit. Uh, let's see. It is Detroit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Baltimore's kind of already in year three of this uh, tanking stuff. Uh, but and Detroit's in year two. So yeah, that makes sense. My, without looking, I would say the bottom is Detroit, followed by Baltimore. Well, technically they're tied because they're both thousand to one odds. So right, and then I would say after that would be Kansas City. Is that right? Uh, Baltimore, Detroit, uh, 28th. So they're ranking them as 29-30 as a tie. So 28 is the Pittsburgh Pirates oh, at 150-1. Yeah, to one. And then the Marlins also, uh, 27. Yeah, my Marlins, unfortunately. And the Kansas City Royals, 1,000-1, uh, 26. And the San Francisco Giants. So, you know, and the Seattle Mariners, the only team now in Major League Baseball to never appear in a World Series. There mm-hmm. you go. Tough call for them. All right, so the, that's a take a, a quick look at the 2020 World Series teams and who could potentially be back there next year. No doubt about that. Coming up next, it's time for a little trust or bust. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe, don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. Do you want to risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you are playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the 49ers minus 10 and they beat the Cardinals by 12, you will receive 12 times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. You can enter promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. You must be in New Jersey to play on PointsBet. And uh, eligibility restrictions also apply. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, our time for a little trust or bust here as we get ready to close out this Thursday and begin the football week again. And starting next week, by the way, college football comes back on Wednesdays with the World Series being over. So we'll have some fun on Wednesdays with college football discussion in the uh, MAC conference uh, by playing a little trust or bust. And we will have a full preview of this game, by the way, coming up in about 15 minutes where we go through some of the Thursday night player props. So stay tuned for that courtesy of FanDuel. Let's start off with one from tonight. Trust or bust. 
Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals, Joe, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. It has been almost impossible to have any fantasy value from any player on your fantasy team when you're taking on the 49ers. But you got to make this decision tonight before the game. Are you starting Kirk in a fantasy league? Do you trust him this week against the Niners tonight? No! Of course I don't trust him. Was everyone not listening yesterday when I said that the 49ers were giving up 11 fantasy points to quarterbacks since the bye week? 11! Not average! Total! I mean, and now you got a rookie quarterback? I don't care where this game is. And look, anything can happen Thursday. We know. That's a given. We all understand that. But I've seen enough of this 49er defense, and I've seen enough of Kyler Murray so far to know what's going to happen in this one. I like Christian Kirk, though. I do not like him today. I do not like him, Sam. I am. I do not like him with a can. I do not like him in this game. I do not like him. It's a shame. I will tell you this. Also, when you look at Christian Kirk overall in the year, I think this is a great opportunity to buy low on him. And I'll tell you why. Because you look at the game log and you look at the target volume he's getting. Uh, The last game, 11 targets. He caught eight of them. Then he obviously missed some time with injury. But going back to September, uh, end of September, 10 catches on 12, 6 on 8, 4 of 12. So he's getting a massive amount of targets there. And I think that's something to keep in mind as the schedule moves on here. This is a terrible game. A lot of people will sour on him because of the injury. They'll sour on him because of the matchup. But if you have the bench space and you can offer somebody a better play this week and say, hey, this guy is much better than Kirk this week. Take him. I don't need him. Take Kirk because Kirk long term might be a better asset going forward than even, dare I say, Cortland Sutton, who I think is going to have a hard time with the changeover quarterback in Denver for the rest of the season. So you might be able to steal Kirk away from a team, but not tonight. Don't want to be playing him tonight. Yeah, very, very tough matchup. And for anybody who watched that game against the Panthers last week or the Redskins the week before, these guys just get in the quarterback's face early and often. Uh, Boza should have a nice game tonight. Always seems to. Okay, uh, second up here on Trust or Bust, we are going to go to Buffalo, where it would appear that the Bills have a juicy matchup this week against the Washington Redskins. And we're going to ask you, Joe, about Frank Gore on the ground this week. He had a nice little two- or three-week run a few weeks ago, but uh, it started to slow down here a little bit. I wonder if he bounces back this week against Washington. Frank Gore, trust or bust this week? Well, if you're going to bounce back, it's going to be against Washington. So I think (laughs) we all agree on that. And there's definitely opportunity for that. So I trust him, but with a lowercase t. I trust him because of the volume. I trust him because... So far, if you look at it, it's been very consistent. Now, the thing you don't like is a three-week trend of the carries going from 17 to 14, from 14 to 11, from 11 to 9. Now, that's not necessarily indicative of Devin Singletary eating into his carries either. Not necessarily because Singletary just came back. So you can't even look to that. I think last week you throw out what you saw against that Eagles front. I know we talked about them. Yeah, they're ranked seventh, but they're top three in my mind in terms of the way they play. So we'll see at the end of the year where they end up grading out. But for me, I trust him. You put him in there against Washington because you know there's touchdown upside there. You know that Washington is not a very good football team. And especially with Haskins, there's a good chance that they're going to have the ball a lot. There's a good chance they're going to have a lead. And if so, you could even probably trust Singletary a little in this game, too, because I think there's going to be enough running for everybody in this one, especially when we get to the second half of this football game. So lowercase T trust for Frank Gore. 
All right, you went a little too far there with Singletary, but good on Gore. I figured. Um, oh, now you got to do this to me here next, really? This is where you're going to do it? Yeah. Every week. That's, That's fine. No, no, right. no, the next one. Oh, you got to back-to-back me here. Here we go. David Montgomery. Best game of the season last week. It only took two months. That's no That's no time in fantasy football. Two months to just finally get 15 <laughs> points from a guy. I pick up your sarcasm. This week at you know. the Eagles. Is it going to be back-to-back successful weeks for one of the bigger busts in fantasy this year? David Montgomery at Philly. Trust or bust? The joy and smirk in your voice as you lay this out to me is palpable. I could just tell you that much. Um, I'm going I to have bust. David Montgomery, and I'm playing David Montgomery. Well, I'm saying I'm bust. It's going to be a nightmare. I'm saying bust, and this is part of the reason why in one or two weeks I dropped him, because I saw what was on the horizon for him. And one of the things in the horizon for him was this Eagles front. And I don't feel good about it. I just don't. So I'm going to say bust. I'm going to stick to it. And you're going to start him this week. And then you're going to be somehow mad at me, even though I called him no, a bust. I'm mad at myself, but, yeah, I've been playing the wrong people all year. Hey, so. hey, it, it's a bust because of the matchup more than anything else. And I do not and I do not trust anything that Matt Nagy's done this year. It's it's not been good. And I've. I don't know if there's been a coach that I've gone more south on faster than Matt Nagy. I'm so frustrated with him. And I don't know if it's because of his just uh, the, the the fact that he just feels like he's got to make sure Trubisky figures it out or if you're getting pressure from the organization or whatever it is. But, man, you got to win football games. Go run the football, play defense, and stop messing around with Trubisky throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. That's not how you're going to win, and it's not how you're going to keep your job. So uh, I'm frustrated. Bust. Yeah, it's been... Uh been that kind of year for him for sure anybody who drafted him too all right uh sam darnold this week will take on the dolphins there there are some forced issues this week and and darnold looks like he has a good matchup on paper we have a number of quarterbacks that are off this week and we also have of course changes at quarterback in some other situations as well um you know starting kyle allen you know people are souring on him trubisky look there's a number of guys out there who are not startable, but having to make this key decision to put Sam Darnold in after what we've seen this year is tough. Do you trust Sam Darnold this week at the Dolphins? No. Uh, I'm going to say bust here. Sorry. I mean, anybody who could say they trust Sam Darnold if they're what they saw the last two weeks, I don't care how good the matchup is, quote unquote. Uh, we got to start evaluating the player and what the player's doing, no matter who it is. And there's ways to look decent against good teams. There's ways to do that. He has not looked decent. He's looked yeah. terrible. So uh, I understand that Cowboy game kind of nowhere and everybody was riding high like, yes, the franchise is back. But my goodness, it's not been good since. I don't think you trust him. I I just I can't get there. I trust Ryan Tannehill more than I do Sam Darnold this week. And I find it shocking that he's ranked on like fantasy pros ahead of Phil Rivers this week. I'm shocked by that. Yeah, the Dolphins just have uh, no pass rush and no defensive backs. I Who guess. would you start, Sam Darnold or Philip Rivers this week? Rivers against at home against the at home in quotations against the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers. Uh, probably Rivers. I mean, probably, how can you not? Probably Rivers, but I would. Um, who are the Bears playing again? Uh, Bears are playing. Why just go out the of Eagles. my head? Eagles, yeah. Um, I, I would I would start Darnold over Trubisky. Yeah, that's... Ugh, I don't know. That Eagles secondary is so bad. Maybe he can even just throw one ball somewhere. Like, I, like, you <laughs> I know, praying for that for a month. I know. I, I hear you, dude. But I get the same I'm, time. I'm gonna, I would say Darnold there. But I, I, look, he's a middling 
13th, 14th ranked quarterback right now. This week, going into this week. All right, uh, we got to keep going here. Tyrell Williams has scored every week. Will he do that again this week against the Lions? Trust or bust? Trust. 100% trust. No Darius Slay either. Come on, trust. Let's do it. I'm, you know, uh, I was skeptical about the Tyrell Williams heading into this year as being that guy because I'd seen so much of him with the Chargers that it was just disappointing where you see the body, you see the skills, you see everything and you go, why isn't this guy better in terms of fantasy? Well, you know what? He's better right now and, and Carr's doing a good job of getting him the football and and i'm actually i'm all in here with tyra williams i think tyra williams is a good sound wide receiver low-end wide receiver too this week uh, i think you could plug him in there and not feel worried at all i think he's got a decent floor he's got a decent upside too so give me all the tyra williams let's do it and finally odell beckham jr at the broncos i think that there are a lot of fantasy owners of beckham that are putting him on the bench now moving forward i think so i think after last week uh, you just it's really hard to endorse it We've talked about him at length, so here you go, Joe. Will you play him this week at Denver, a team that just runs the ball 50 times and just hopes to get out of the game with a lot of people buying beer? That's about it. I understand everyone's frustration. This is the problem. When you draft Odell Beckham, you have to basically run him out there because that's if you haven't dealt him by now, then you have to just keep running him out there. These are your guys, for better or worse. And I know it sucks, but <laughs> look... I think you have to run him out there. And I actually, in a weird way, I do trust him this week. I told you. I think this is the beginning of the Browns turning things around and having a second half similar to what they had last year. They are not a great football team. They weren't a great football team coming into it. They had stars on their team. They had a lot of hype around their team. They had a lot of people buying in and drinking the Kool-Aid because of the strong second half. However, they have Nick Chubb. They have a good matchup here where they're going to have the football a ton. And I think that is a positive because the one thing you could say for the last couple games they played is time of possession has been tough for them, <laughs> you know, because the defenses have played them so tough. Yeah, they had some garbage time action against the Pats, but that's the pass taking their foot off the gas a little bit. I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to keep pace with them. I think they're going to turn the ball over a ton here for them. And I think it's going to be a lot of Browns and a lot of Odell Beckham. All right, so there you have it. Trust or bust this week. We'll take a quick timeout. We will be back and take a look at all of the games this week in the Thursday night. Uh, and uh, excuse me, the players in our Thursday night NFL preview. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Thursday night football. Maybe it'll be a good game. Listen, we were very, very fortunate. We got two good games Sunday and Monday. No matter what the spreads say, the games were good. And so I know I've been crapping all over the night games all season long, but we've had back-to-back good ones. The question is, will we get another good one tonight? 49ers, one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best, minus 10 and now 10 and a half at the Cardinals. And the total is 44 and a half. Joe Pizzapia, 
who couldn't win to save his life in the first five, six weeks of the season is all of a sudden <laughs> on an absolute tear on Thursday night. I believe it's three <clears> in a row and uh, trying for four in a row tonight in this one. You could pick a side. You could pick a total, Joe, minus 10 and a half or over under on the Cardinals. We both nailed last week's Thursday game. It was pretty easy, simple, and straightforward. I feel like this one is not. This is a strange one here. Thursday night dogs have been phenomenal. Thursday night home teams have been phenomenal. Betting against the 49ers has been an awful proposition. What do you like in this one tonight? I think that last thing you said is the most important. Betting against the 49ers has been an awful proposition this year. And the Cardinals, I just don't think, are a football team that stacks up in any way, shape, or form. Now, anything can happen. It's Thursday. We know that. But I just can't imagine that Bosa just doesn't run amok in this game. I just can't imagine that Kyler Murray is able to do enough in this game to make this anything less than that 10.5. So give me the 49ers. The points are safe. 49ers win outright. It's an easy one. The 44.5. Uh, that's I, I honestly I kind of run away from that one. I I just because then you know whenever you get a number like that, I feel like that means everybody's got to kind of contribute a little bit, and I just don't know how much the Cardinals are going to contribute on this one. So, uh, how do you feel about that one? You think this is an over on the forty four and a half? You know, I almost never take the over, but I think I may in this one, and I'll tell you why. the The way that the line looks, I'm usually good at reading the lines. If the line Joe was forty one or forty. That may tell me, man, this thing is going under. But because it's a little bit higher, I feel like there's a chance this may go over the total tonight. Like the the line looks like it's just it's screaming at you to go under, right? Like the 49ers don't give up any points. It they, is. You're I, making I know where you're coming from. You're making a good point. It is screaming for the under, and that's that's my concern. But I see where you're coming from. That means you go the other side, though. You know, when you scream for one side, they build another hotel in Vegas. Like that's the deal. So <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take the over 44 and a half tonight in this uh, in this Thursday game. So uh, we'll grade it out. We'll see how we do. And we'll be back next week, of course, to tell you all about it. All right, and just we- out of curiosity, you think the 49ers cover too, correct? Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, if I'm going to keep my feet in this fire every week, I don't want to be alone. Uh, I want your little tootsies to get burned once in a while, too. Well, I would say this. I will take the 49ers, but I'll also say that if you're playing online, you got to buy yourself a half a point here. You don't you don't want a 31. Boy, you're starting to hedge like the mattress king right now. Feels a little hedgy. <laughs> yeah, got more exposure for for doing this than anybody that I've ever seen, by the way. I know he really did. They had they you see all the clips of him at the game last night, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made money. He made money off this. He did. Yeah, but everyone doesn't understand this. And oh, my gosh, mattress back. He's going to be broke. I mean, it's just like, ugh. Not people just don't understand it. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I really don't. It's so sad. I know. I know. I know. Okay, uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. His total tonight in yards two forty seven and a half over or under. I'm gonna go under. I think this is a uh, again more more of them running the football. They just don't have to throw the ball very much. I'm gonna go under, not by much, but he's definitely over two hundred. But two forty seven. I'm gonna go under a little bit. Again, this seems high for him. I don't know why this number is 247. It's It leads me to believe it could be an over. Well, I think part of the reason this is high is because they're factoring in the Emmanuel Sanders quote-unquote factor, but I think they're over-factoring that in. And as I'm saying this, I'm doing air quotes at all of the things I'm saying. Okay, gotcha. Well, we can't see it, but we could feel it. That's why. I want you. Like, I could feel your sarcasm during the David Montgomery question. Same yeah. thing. Kyler Murray, 216 and a half. Is there a prop on does Kyler Murray uh, get hurt or not in this game? That's not- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's not right. 
That's I'm serious. I am very worried. I am very concerned tonight that something is going <laughs> to Well, I'll tell you what. If he comes out of this football game, I think you could pretty much lock up that under, don't you think? Well, that's the thing. If if you feel that way, then then maybe the under is actually better. Yeah. Than, if you feel like that's a realistic prospect. I'll, I'll tell you how I think this game will play out before we get into the props. Right, I'm going to go. I, I, think the, I think the game plays out like the Carolina game. But I think that Arizona will get some nice garbage time tonight. I I don't know what Joe was going on with Kyle Allen. I watched that game from start to finish. Not not only was Kyle Allen overmatched by San Francisco, there was something in his head, like the whole seeing ghost thing. Like his passes were so far off. San Francisco yeah. would have allowed Kyle Allen to throw for three touchdowns, no problem in that game at the end. He couldn't hit anyone, and it had nothing to do with the defense. At the end, they were up playing like. 50 points. So yeah. I, I, think, I think Murray will eat a little bit at the end of the game. All right. I'm going to go under on the 216 because of uh, the trend here with the 49ers. I'm going to stick with how good they've been. Yeah, I think you have to. Garoppolo, 219 completions. I'm sorry. 19, 200. <laughs> That's under, a lot. Under, That's like under. Trubisky level. <laughs> under. <laughs> under. Lock it up. Take my money. All matches back. <laughs> the game tonight. Uh, 19 and a half completions. I'm going to go. Uh, this is tricky. I'm going to go over. No, I'm going to go over because I think they will continue to do those little short passes. I think they will get Garoppolo active, but I just don't think they're going to have any, like a lot of the big play kind of things, like a ton of those, maybe one at the most, but I, I, I will go over on the completions. Kyler Murray is 20 and a half. I'm going to go under. Gonna All be a right. rough night for Kyler Murray. That's what I think. George Kittle's yards. We have very little uh, to work with here with the rushing because on the over, side, there's no prop for. Uh, I don't care. It's over right? with George Kittle. Tight Hold ends on. against the Arizona Cardinals are oh so good. People are wondering why we're not doing the running backs. There are no props on FanDuel for the running backs tonight. Okay, now go ahead. Kittle, sixty-nine and a half. <laughs> over, over. You, you got to take this over. You oh yeah, to. usually Arizona's that team that gives up a lot of yards to the tight end, right? The, the worst, the worst is over, over. And this is their best weapon. And if you look, it's it's a two to one Kittle versus every other wide receiver. So if that's the case, then, you know, this is this might be the easiest prop on the board. I think who was the last popular player in sports named Kittle? Ron Kittle. That's right. Good job. White Sox and Yankees, yep. right? Yep. That's right. Very well. DH wore glasses. All, I remember tall guy. That yeah. Is big. Too. Did I just earn some brownie points there with the Craig? No, Rich? no, <laughs> nope, nope, uh, that's not possible. Mary Fitzgerald, what if I put together the French fry costume? Would that earn me some uh, brownie points? My wife is like, <laughs> I just took a break and was, I was like, <laughs> looking at her, like looking at this. It's ugly. I gotta like stay in the office for the next two hours. All right, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, forty-four and a half. Uh, under. <clears throat> Yeah, he's had a rough go of it. How can he go? Rough anywhere? couple matchups too. You know, we had a more really, before that. We had an unbelievable uh, one. Was it last week? The the one that we were the most bullish on came through like right away. Was it Paul Richardson? I feel like we went over. I may, it may have been Paul Richardson on Monday night or something. Two and a half. That thing went way over. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a we were really good in that game. And it feels like about the Vikings uh, Redskins game, right? It feels like this one is the best one under 44 and a half on Fitz. Yeah, I'm good with that. Not been a good trend for him. How is Goodwin even on the board here? 25 and a half. He's done nothing lately. Uh, I'm going to go under. Yeah, got to go under on that one, too. Uh, Sanders, 47 and a half tonight. 
I'll go over. I think the new toy gets a little workout today, especially in the slot there. They're not a they, Patrick Peterson's not going to sniff that area. So I think if you are going to go, that's going to kind of like the completions number two for Garoppolo. I would go there as well. I'll, I'll go over on this one. Uh, Debo Samuel, 30 and a half. I'm going to go under. I know everybody wants to buy into the unlock. I love Debo. I love the talent. And I still think he can be something, but I just feel like this is another one where he's going to have those moments where he shows up and moments where he doesn't. I think this is one where he doesn't just, I don't think it's in the game plan tonight. And Christian Kirk's uh, yards, 50 and a half. I'll go over with Kirk. I, I think Kirk is that, you know, because I just talked about the target volume he's seeing. And Fitzgerald's not getting the targets. He's not getting the casualties. He's not getting anything right now. And I and granted, the matchups have not been great for him recently, but, you know, somebody's got to catch the football, I think. So if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Kirk. So I think 15 and a half is reasonable, you know, because if he has one like 25, 28 yard gain in one play, then this number can pretty much you can lock it up through the rest of the game. How about Kirk's receptions? Four and a half. I'm going to go over on that number. I'm going to go over. I think so he's that guy at like six for 60. Yeah, I think he can do something like I think that's, you know, and Kirk is also really good right off the line there, too, which is like if you are worried about this pass rush, you've got to get that ball out quick. And I think Kirk kind of is more suited to that kind of situation. You know, you there. Know who I drafted in my uh, franchise rookie league contract league. Who's that? Andy Isabella. What in the world happened to that guy? He didn't he's play it all this year. Um, he's not very good. I he, thought that was the worst pick of the bar. draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should I did me. not like that. I did uh, dude, I'll tell you what. You know, I you know I I know you watch more college football than I do, but I get to a point where every March I sit down for like a week and I watch all the footage and all these guys in the game film because that's the beauty of YouTube. And I kept scratching my head going, What the hell they see in this guy? I don't get it. Just did yeah, not get it. I hope next year because I wasted a pick there. I'll tell you, you know who you want to pick up in your dynasty leagues? And again, I know we tease this. Maybe we'll do it next week is Deontay Johnson. He's owned, man. Every every, every guy no, is in a, in a in a in a in a trade or something like that. Like that's oh, a sneaky a pickup for next year. You get him a real quarterback. That's a guy who can make some plays next year with Roethlisberger. I really like picking him up as a quiet. We should do a whole segment on that. Like non we did like the top rank, the top dynasty assets. How about some under the radar ones? Maybe we'll do that next week. Kittle, six and a half receptions over Sanders, four and a half receptions. Um, oh, a tough one. Sanders, four and a half. Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. And then finally, and we didn't have a lot to work with tonight because, again, Fandle. Yeah, why go. nothing for the running backs? Nothing no. for Coleman? No, Mm-mm. no, they didn't put out any any running back props. Nothing. Maybe because the uncertainty of the guys behind him. I don't. If know. I picked up Mostert. You'd be very proud of me. I picked him up in uh, for nothing. I got him for free. This yeah, week. take a shot. All yeah. right, longest pass for Jimmy G. Thirty-six and a half yards. Um, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. All right, so that wraps that up. What's What's your uh, costume tonight? Uh, I'm gonna be Nick Fury because my daughter is Captain Marvel. She asked me to be Nick Fury, so I get to go full Sam Jackson. I wear the eye patch. And I got the uh, the black leather coat and the whole deal. So and I'm going to say, give me some uh, trick or treat, mother effa. I'm going to say that every time I get to a door today. That's what's going to be. And, and what about your other daughter? My other daughter is Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. So we got uh, lots of uh, lots of special powers happening in the house. Last year, they were both like superhero kind of gals. One was Harley Quinn and the other one was uh, Katana, who is another one of the supergirl kind of things. My kids like. You know, my kids are into like the superhero stuff and the weapons sure. and the things like that. I'm very yeah. proud of my girls. Tough. 
tough kids. So, okay. I, all right. Well, listen, I, here, I hope can I have the over under on uh, who's going to put the French fries together? Do we have a, is there a I wager on that? Cause I'd like wife? to take my money. My wife or we'll be buying a new costume tonight. My money is on you putting it together. Oh, because, Zero. Yeah. I would tell you that, this is one that you won't win. <laughs> I would rather go <laughs> $50 than not have to put it together. <laughs> why, don't you go, why don't you go find somebody say, hey, it's Florida. I, Somebody's yeah, out there looking yeah, for money. Doesn't anybody on our block know how to build this thing? <laughs> is it that complicated? It's really this one is really complicated. Yeah. And my, and we've been like looking for YouTube videos and stuff. It's, uh, it's I don't like, get it. Like now they sell these things where it basically like it inflates or it all like, you know what I mean? Like it's like, did a poor job of not explaining that you this would require that there was a, a serious assembly required, but not my fault. I was not in. All right. Coming up next, it's time for a little exit velocity. Joe and Craig wrapping it up on a Thursday afternoon. Full time fantasy coming your way at two. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. I'll be back on the show tomorrow as Jamie Eisenberg will join me and we'll recap the Thursday night game and look at the weekend. And so as we bid adieu to Joe Pizzapia, who you can catch this weekend over at the FanDuel Sportsbook and on Zumo TV over at SportsGrid. This could be our last full baseball discussion for a while. So we thought we would end the show with Joe's take on the Washington Nationals with a little exit velocity. I feel the need the need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. I see so many memes. Oh, thank you, Bryce Harper. Boy, how's Bryce Harper feeling now that the Nationals won? Oh, ha, ha, ha. Joke's on you, Bryce Harper. No, it's not. He has a contract worth $330 million. Bryce Harper, knowing the kind of guy he is, he's probably happy for a lot of his friends. They got a World Series ring. And yeah, he's a competitor. And yeah, he's probably pissed off that he wasn't there celebrating with them and part of that team. But Bryce Harper's life is fine. Don't worry about Bryce Harper. He's got a hot wife. He's got millions and millions of dollars in the bag. He gets to play a children's game for a living, and the rest of us all just bask in his glory. Yeah, he's good-looking, he's rich, he's got it all. He doesn't have a ring yet, but sometimes in life, that can be a little overrated. Don't worry, Bryce Harper is going to go to bed tonight on a bed of money, and everything will be just fine when he wakes up tomorrow. So you can laugh it up and blame this person and mock him all you want. But at the end of the day, Bryce Harper's life is just fine. Pretty good for Harper, no doubt about that. And just uh, had his first baby uh, a couple of months ago as well. All right, that'll do it for the show. Thanks again to John Lobb for coming on the program. Appreciate his participation as always on Thursdays. Thanks again to Sean Guastamacchia for producing 
this show today. Again, I'll be back with you guys tomorrow for the Friday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. For my co-host Joe Pizapia, I am Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is next. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great Halloween night, everybody. See ya.